The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back. It is the Razball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Beaton, joined by the Fantasy Master Lothario himself, who has a Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse filter on, I guess, uh, on the, today. So how's it going over there, Gray? <laughs> wait, 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 what? Hold That's on. A, yeah, the uh well you see now you're now you're back to normal voice. We were you were you were speaking in like a Mickey Mouse filter. Oh, I, I thought you were—I thought you were messing with my video and putting like Mickey Mouse ears on me. Oh, no, I can do that uh, next time. Oh yeah. Though. Oh, you want me? To, yeah. Hey, B Don, what's going on? <laughs> hey, B Don, what's going on? Uh, yeah, not just chilling, man. Hey, it's it's good to talk to you though, B Don. I'm uh, hoping you're having a nice uh, Memorial Day weekend. I am. I had my uh, sister and her husband in town, and so we went all over uh, Atlanta and. Yeah, it was a good time. Oh, that's nice. That's good. To, that's good to hear. I'm, how are, how are things in the hear. desert, man? <sighs> Terrific. <laughs> okay, <laughs> going good. Anyway, <laughs> so there's some there's some baseball news. I there's actually not baseball news. You know, it was, I was putting the, together the uh, the show outline and uh, like you know it looks a little light, and uh, that's because I, I feel like there wasn't a whole lot that was like groundbreaking this week that we needed to go over. But I wanted to start by, we talked about this kind of early in the season, but like the, the stats up to this point and how it might like relate to previous seasons a little bit, Gray. 
Um, okay. Beyond. All right. So, <laughs> looking at home runs, so we're at a, at 1,600 total games. That was as of this before the game started today. 1,853 home runs, 1,130 stolen bases. So last year we had 1,615 home runs. That's 238 less home runs. Juice ball! So the ball's changed on that front, and the stolen base rules have equated to 337 more stolen bases in the first, what, we're almost a third Maybe just short of a third of the way through the hey, season remember here. The, uh, remember la- last year it was like the Aaron Judge balls were bouncy and the <laughs> Texas Rangers at home balls were bouncy because it was a uh, a commemorative ball for their 50th anniversary. So this year the uh, Rangers are playing with the same ball that they've white out. They did a little whiteout <laughs> over the commemorative stamp. And everyone in the league has gotten the Aaron Judge ball. Um, except for Jose Abreu, obviously. <laughs> Jose Abreu finally homered. I thought that would be where we would lead with this. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I feel like just without even hearing those stats, to me, like just watching the games and doing the roundups, it does. it feels like the ball is bouncy. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. Like, absolutely, it feels like a bouncy ball. And steals, I mean, they're, I feel like the the league, it's kind of flat for steals across every team, except the Rays have 5,000 more steals than everyone else. So <laughs> the Rays have 12 players going for 2020 this year. They're like, meh. Hey, what's this uh, Raz Bull Player Raider thing? How about we? Uh, how about we all try and get in the top twenty for that? <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was part of the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays have a they have a contract stipulation across their entire team. Get into the Raz Bull Player Raider top twenty, and you get an extra fifty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> you get enough to pay for a membership at. Razball.com. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're uh, we are the uh, proud sponsors of the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, yeah, man. I mean, definitely feels like the ball feels like it's definitely bouncy, man. You know, like you look around the league at. I mean, I don't even know like specific players, but it just feels like the guys who are supposed to be hitting homers, like the Pete Alonzo's, Aaron Judges of the world, they're all. Hitting homers and the guys who you wouldn't expect hitting homers are still hitting a few, like the Michael Masseys of the world. Like he hit his fourth homer today. So, yeah, I mean, I think just about everywhere you look, it feels like homers are, are up a little bit. Like I, you know, I, I believe I believe the data. I'm a hey, hey, I'm a data guy, right? Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, data, data. Um, yeah, I think, you know, and the steals. I mean, obviously, pitch clock, uh, limited uh, pickoffs, uh, obviously, you know, the, the steals were going to be up. I don't think anyone's really surprised about the steals being up. I think, I think the home runs, it was just going to be contingent on whether or not the, uh, you know, the ball was going to be bouncy. And it probably doesn't hurt with the pitch clock because I, I think, you know, what we're seeing is pitchers are just like, uh, I got to throw the ball, so here you go. <laughs> do, do whatever you want with it because I don't have time to think about this anymore. 
<laughs> so yeah, I mean, in the beginning of the in the preseason, I actually thought the pitch clock might help the pitchers because the hitters might ha- not have a chance to get like comfortable in the uh, batter's box and be ready for the pitch. But I think it's it's probably clearly showing the opposite effect. I think it's I think it's actually helping the hitters. So you know what it is what it is. I it's probably not surprising because like if you think about it. The hitters are in the dugout having like, you know, <laughs> two to three innings at times to prepare for the pitcher, like looking at, you know, film or talking to the, uh, you know, talking to guys on the bench who have faced them where the pitcher has to just keep going and going and going. And we're we're seeing like, you know, guys are tiring out. And I yeah, I mean, I, I didn't predict that, but. It also, in hindsight, it doesn't like it's not completely, uh, you know, it doesn't feel completely like weird that that's what's happening. You know, it, it feels like that tracks following. Uh, it follows uh, pretty naturally, like logically. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what's your what's your thoughts? Be done. Yeah. So I, the ball is definitely I think we're back to the 2021 ball. Uh, the home run numbers are similar. 1853 right now to 1811 over the same total games. So I think that's kind of the ball we're using. I think the change in shift has also been part of the, you know, the amount of offense that we've gotten as a whole. So you see the average is up across from what what it was in 2021. It's almost similar to what was happening in 2019 when we had the, you know, the ultra bouncy balls that we were using tennis balls out there for for baseballs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing that uh, yeah, I just looked at uh, the 2019 homer. So we're not quite at the ridiculous bouncy ball of 2019 where uh, it was even 300 more homers in 2019 than we're having in 2023 as of right now. But, yeah, I mean, the more homers and the combine that with the extra steals, offense feels like, I mean, there's there's offense. Yeah, to and, around. and on the pitching side, like the numbers actually look very like scary similar to 2019, uh, 4.31 ERA, 1.32 WHIP, and right now in 2019 through the same number of games or close to the same number of games, 4.36, 1.32, so same WHIP, almost the same ERA, 2.44 batting average against the, in 2019, 2.45 batting average against. I think the combination of the ball and all the the shift. And the stealing is is all kind of adding up to the pitchers looking like they did in 2019, which doesn't necessarily change the fact that you can wait on pitching. But there may be a, there may be some pitchers that kind of skyrocket through the player radar because they are that much better than some of the people who are starting right now, as the numbers have have, have come up. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I wish I, I'm sure I'm not the only person, but I, I wish there was some way to like you know control for some of this stuff because we're going to get to the end of the year and it's going to be like, was it the pitch clock that did that? Was it the limited pickoffs? Was it the the ball being different? Like we're we're not going to have any idea really. <laughs> like what what is to be what what was the difference? Uh, you know, between like last year and this year, there's obviously because there's so many differences. There's like, you know, so many different things that potentially could be factoring in uh, to the pitching, especially. I think it's the pitch clock, but 
I mean, you know, it, it may not be. It may be like the end of the shift could have something to do with it. I, it's hard to say. You know, I I think the end of the shift feels like the last thing that people go to for, you know, potential causes. And, you know, I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that feels like the last thing that people like mention. Like it's like, oh, the pitch clock or, you know, the limited uh, pickoffs uh, or the bouncy ball. Uh, but no one's ever like, you know, I, I, fewer people, I, I feel like, go to the shift ending. So but that definitely must have something to do with things, you know, I, but I don't know how much uh, because so many things change. Like I said, I, uh, you know, the, the one good thing is. Going into next year, everything's going to be the same from this year. So we should see some continuity besides, you know, what the ball is like. Like the ball can change every year. We, we don't know what we're ever going to get with the ball. But with the shift and the pitch clock and the limited, uh, limited pickoffs, like all that's going to carry over. So we should be more or less like in line with this year uh, come next year. But right now we're totally on uneven ground. Like there's no way to tell like what we're getting other than maybe a continuation of what we saw in the first quarter or, or third of the season where whatever point we're up to right now, I think, what are we up to the third of the season? Yeah. Somewhere in, in between somewhere. a quarter and a third, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Okay, so, yeah, it's like, um, yeah, so it's probably, like, you know, we're probably going to see this for the next, you know, two-thirds or whatever of the season. Uh, I would, you would guess, like, you wouldn't think, but you never know, like, Rob Manfred could be like, yeah, let's give him the 2019 ball for a little while <laughs> after <laughs> after the uh, All-Star break. Let's juice the numbers a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm joking, kind of, but you really never know. Like, last year, the Rangers ball and the Judge ball, they weren't introduced until later in the season. Like, they didn't start the year. I believe the Rangers one started in May, and the Judge one, obviously, I mean, that probably didn't start until, like, August. So, yeah, I mean, we ne you never know what's going to happen with the balls, man. You never know. But as of right now, it feels like... I mean, it's like if you're falling behind. So bringing this back to, uh, you know, fantasy, if you're falling behind in steals, what you doing, bro? <laughs> get, get it together, man, because you're about to get like swept under the carpet if you don't start getting steals on your team real soon. Uh, you know, someone actually mentioned in uh, the comments, I believe today was that, uh, you know, they were looking to make a trade for uh, Jose Ramirez because they were falling behind in steals. And I was like, well, you know, the trade I think was like, <laughs> I don't even remember. I think it was like Freeman for Ramirez or something. It was fair. I mean, whatever, whatever the trade was, it was fair. But I was, I said to the person, I was like, yeah, but you, if you need steals, you should probably go for a guy who's really going to steal a ton of bases. If you really need steals, like, you know, like the estuary Ruiz's of the world, like, that's where you should be uh, focused if you're, like, falling behind in steals. But anyway, you know, long story short is if you're falling behind in steals, you, you might want to figure that out sooner versus later. And uh, probably in power, too. You probably should. If you're falling behind in power, I don't know. The, the pitching, on the other hand, this might be foolish. This might be a Pollyanny 
thing of me to be saying, but <laughs> this might be me <laughs> looking at my pitching as half full, but I really want to believe that everyone is going to fall back in pitching. So they're going to, everyone will be around 4.5 in here, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping everyone comes to me in pitching. That's what, that's what I'm hoping. Just enough injuries <laughs> pile up for everybody. Be, I might be being a tad optimistic with my pitching staffs, but I'm hoping that some of the people who have like the, the 1.75 sunny grays of the world, I hope they end up with like, Sunny gray sun, <laughs> and and the regression fairies come along and they ruin their ratios because I really like. I mean, I'm I'm hurting so bad in pitching in some leagues. In other in other leagues, I mean, I know like you and I are we're in the same RCL, and I think I have I have a, like a, a two point nine ERA in that in that league. Like I have I was saying to Ralph. Um, Excuse me, Jeff. I was saying to Jeff, <laughs> uh, former podcast host, because uh, he's in an RCL. I don't know which RCL he's in, actually. But he was saying that his pitching was so good. And I was like, my pitching is so good. I purposely dropped Bryce Elder because I was like, I just don't have room. I don't. Have, I didn't have room in my staff. Like, I had so much good pitching that I was like, even though it felt dumb, I was like, I just can't carry Elder anymore. Like, I had... You know, maybe that's a little bit ageist. <laughs> no. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping though that everyone's pitching sort of crumbles and finds me around. You know, when when I, in those leagues where I have like a, a 4.5 ERA, I hope everyone else has terrible like second half of the season <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and their pitching just like hurts so bad that it ends up being like, oh yeah, see. There you go. Joe Ryan's got a five-year right now. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I guess that would work out for me because in that RCL, I'm, I'm, my, my whip is. I think I'm second to last. I think I'm mid pack in the ERA, but I am leading in wins somehow magically with those very terrible ERA whip numbers. Uh, so, uh, you know, we'll see how that one plays out. I think I was sixth. Last week in the standings, starting the week, and now I'm tenth. So there's there's still some variation going on that seems seems like a little ridiculous for this you know the point we are in the season. But at least that shows there's still time to you know move up or down standings. Let's talk about I, I'm, I, a friend of mine. A friend of mine's father was an el- elderly uh, father um, who's probably in his mid eighties. And he was, and he would always say that, like, he just wanted to, he just wanted to keep his torso in order. <laughs> he couldn't, he couldn't <laughs> worry about his arms or his legs. He was just like, keep my, I just want to hold my torso in place. <laughs> so I feel like that's how in some of my leagues where I'm hurting an ERA, I just like my 4.5 ERA. I just want to hold 4.5 and hope <laughs> everyone comes to me. <laughs> just, just, just tumble. Please, like, just come to me because I I cannot gain. I can't, I can't get better. At this point, my pitching's so bad in some leagues. It's not getting any better. But, like, Marcus Stroman, it's got, like, what, a 1.8 ERA? Have him, like, get blown up, give up, like, 10 runs in, like, one inning. Just come, come, come to me, man. Have him get Lance Lind or Alec Manoa a couple times. I have, I have 
Lancelin and Alec Manoa. If you can like, <laughs> if, if you can somehow put together a pitching staff where like the worst guys for the pitch clock. <laughs> I, I, I was like, you know what, Lancelin and Alec Manoa, how bad could they be? <laughs> they could be that bad and good. So, I don't know. Yeah, anyway. I did not uh, I did not factor in the fatigue factor of the pitch clock. Like I thought thought pitching would get worse, you know, I thought the numbers would get worse overall with the shift as well and stolen ba- like it, it seemed like everything was going against pitchers to some extent. I, I didn't see the fatigue part coming in with with Lance Lynn and Manoa. Just hopefully they can figure it out and and straighten it around cuz you know, if they come around Gray, we have a shot. Like then our ERA could be better than 4-5. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I can get to like a four point four here. I just, I feel like I get like, you know, I move up like I have like a couple days where like the pitching's do- going okay, and then like someone like Scott Barlow will give up like six earned runs. I'll be like, oh, forget, forget it, man. I thought I was, I thought I had a, it was, it was like a good week last week, and then it was like. Gavin Stone and Grace Rodriguez. Like, oh my God. And I streamed Josh Fleming. I was like, oh man, holy crap. Okay, anyway, let's go. <laughs> All right, moving on. You know, sometimes you need a difference maker to, to kind of bolster the team and really get get back in it. There's there's rumors of, of one of those difference potential difference makers. Potentially coming up, Gray, that's Ellie De La Cruz. Uh, he put up some Instagram photos of him in Red's uniform. And now everybody just assumes he's coming up in 32 games in AAA, over 157 plate appearances. He had 10 home runs, 9 stolen bases. He's hitting 304, 395, 644. Uh, he did have 6 caught stealing, but, you know, what? It's, it's the minors. You know, it's whatever. Uh, he has 90th percentile right now in the minors for maximum exit velocity, hard hit rate, average exit velocity, barrel rate, and sweet spot rate. He is absolutely destroying the baseball right now after a little bit of a slow start. This is kind of like an O'Neill Cruz type of player without trying to do just like last name for last name here, but like high power, speed, may have some contact issues. Yeah, no, definitely. And also... uh... Like, uh, well, this isn't uh, related to O'Neill Cruz, but um, Ellie De La Cruz is also going up to Cincy, which is going to be a great park. Uh, so, like, even even guys who aren't good go into Cincy and are good, you know? <laughs> so the fact that if he gets promoted, which I, I, I've been hearing that too, uh, you know, for – I guess I should say for a while I've been on the, uh, you know, the Ellie De La Cruz isn't getting promoted uh, – <laughs> I've been I've been the only one on that uh, ship. <laughs> that's been the that's been like I, I've been like steer, not only steering that ship uh, with Spencer, but I've been literally navigating. I've been uh, pulling the air horn buckets and getting water out of like the <laughs> the, the back area. As you can tell, I'm a, a quite the sailor that I, I I know all these terms. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, I don't you know. I, Everyone's wrong sometimes. Maybe, um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe De La Cruz does get called up. I, I've been hearing the same stuff as you. I, 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 I texted. That was actually how the conversation started. Uh, hearing from uh, 
Jeff about his RCL, I, I texted him to see because he works for uh, Baseball America, and so I texted him to see if the De La Cruz um, rumors were you know accurate. And you know he says he he was the one uh, I should blame him. <laughs> he was the <laughs> one who was telling me that he didn't think De La Cruz was coming up that soon, uh, but now. He is saying, like, yeah, it looks like De La Cruz could be coming up. So, you know, I'm just going off of what the information I'm hearing from other people. If someone tells me De La Cruz isn't getting called up, then I'm saying that I'm telling everyone that. And if, now if people are saying he is coming up, then, you know, I'll relay that information because I don't have any firsthand information. I'm just going off of what everyone else is saying. So, uh, yeah, I mean, as you said, he looks incredible. I mean, he looks like a superstar like, like as soon as he steps on the field like maybe like you mentioned maybe the contact issues you know uh rear their head when he gets up to the majors and you know his average bottoms out a little bit and he becomes like a you know a, a 220 230 hitter uh at least at first you know i'm he's so young he's 21 years old so i i think at some point he is going to figure out the contact issues you know i was I was saying this. I don't know if you saw it, but in the uh, Rasball group, right? In the Rasball writers group DM, I was saying like no one ever thinks people can get better for strikeouts, but it happens all the time. And La De La Cruz could totally get better for strikeouts. It doesn't usually happen the first season, though. Like I think La De La Cruz probably is going to this year, for this year. He's going to have contact issues. He could fix that though. Like that could like he can get better. You know, maybe next year or the year after when it comes to contact. But the balls he does hit, obviously, I mean, he's so he's so talented. You can see it like immediately. You watch any clips of him and you're like, yeah, I mean, this guy is going to be really good. <laughs> it's so obvious. Uh, the, uh, the, the other side issue with him coming up is where does he play? Right now they have like, you know, I, I guess Kevin – Kevin Newman can obviously be gone, be gone. And like Seinfeld would say, be gone, Newman. Like Newman can go for sure. But I was reading, you know, I saw a couple people speculate that Jonathan India could potentially lose playing time like that. That would kind of stink for some people. I, I did not go back in on India this year because I had enough last year. Uh, so, you know, I, I I don't have I'm, I don't have India anywhere, so it it wouldn't bother me if India you know goes to the bench, but I'm sure that could hurt some people who have him um, at least in deeper leagues. In shallower leagues, I don't know. India is probably pretty repla- re- pretty replaceable in uh, shallower leagues. Um, but yeah, Ellie De La Cruz. I mean, you know, by the time people listen to this, he could be up. I, I you know, on a uh, a separate note, you mentioned that it was like his Instagram story. So, like, if a guy puts up an Instagram story of him uh, in Reds uniform and saying, you know, and it said congratulations on it, and the Reds don't really have a plan to promote him in the short term, doesn't that sort of piss people off? <laughs> <laughs> Like some of the Reds front office a little mad if like their top prospect was like here I come and the Reds are like no no one said you're coming up <laughs> what <laughs> but you know I, pressing the issue 
on De La Cruz's, you know, good for him. If if no one told him he was getting promoted and he just decided to <laughs> to put up an IG story <laughs> saying, here I come. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously – he is worth grabbing in every league. I mean, absolutely, for sure. Um, all right, B-Don, you go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, I was just going to mention kind of the, the position – and where he was going to play. As you mentioned, there's been talk of India potentially getting into some kind of split. Uh, he could go to DH at times. And India is a weird one where, like, at least this season, he's been a reverse split guy. He's hitting 306 versus righties, 25 versus lefties. So maybe him and Newman do some kind of righty, lefty, both righty hitter split kind of thing because Newman's hitting 326 versus lefties and for what it's worth Newman's hitting 333 this month with absolutely no power but that's like he's been doing Kevin like good version of Kevin Newman at least I think Senzel could slide into right field Fairchild goes to the bench or you know they they figure out somebody to play center Tyler Stevenson stays in center Senzel goes to right field and then maybe Cruz just slides into third base and everybody else stays where they are for the most part. But we'll see how how this shakes out in regards to playing time. But there's a potential that there's some kind of you know three-way split time or even four-way split time situation here with Cruz, India, Newman, Senzel. Like all of them could, could end up splitting some time here. Yeah, no, definitely. I, you know, I think uh, what they're showing, at least with uh, Matt McClain, is that if they're calling up Cruz and McClain, other than like a rest day, like occasionally, like, you know, just having the day off just to like rest, I think they're going to play De La Cruz and McClain because otherwise, why call them up? Like you're like, at least that's what the Reds seem to be showing with McClain is like, if we're calling them up, we're going to play them. So I don't think there's going to be anywhere. There's no worry for me, at least, for like a platoon of any sort with De La Cruz or McLean. I do worry, like you said, where, you know, in, there's a lot of moving parts. India, Senzel, Newman, like you, you mentioned them all. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's concern there for India because, like, he's going on about 18 months of not looking great. So I could see them potentially, you know, Tuning him in a way. Yeah, I mean, I, to be fair to India, he's not, I mean, he's hitting like 290 with five home runs and eight stolen bases. He's been he's been fairly useful for our game and for, you know, the, the Major League Baseball real-life game as well. So, I, I mean, I don't think he's been disappointing to any extent other than the fact that he's hitting, you know, like 250 versus lefties, which... You feel like a righty should always do a little bit better than that. But it, other than that, I mean, he's doing Jonathan India things. I mean, if he would have been 295-8 and eight last year at this point, we would have been a whole lot happier than we were uh, yeah. with what no, he was fair. doing. Yeah, I think, like, I think if we're going to – like McLean and, and Cruz, De La Cruz are second and short. Absolutely. <laughs> then you have first – Steer, whatever happened with Votto. Votto became a TikTok influencer, I think. I don't know what happened with (laughs) Votto. But they also have CES and Steer at first, 
potentially CES at least, but Steer for sure, and he's been hitting well. Senzel is healthy. So India is DH or nothing. There's nothing really else he can do other than DH. So he has to stay at DH. So that means DH is then occupied by India and only India, or they have like five guys um, and and burgers. <laughs> no, they have like five guys who could potentially DH too. So it's like it becomes crowded where you want to get people at bat. So yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, India's – I mean, they're hitting him third. Like, he doesn't feel like a guy who's going to get platooned. Um, by the way, this is just me, you know, seeing India. Someone was mentioning India might get platooned. I think it was the athletic. So, I mean, you know, take that for what it's worth. I, I'm not saying India's getting platooned. <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> the, the athletic was mentioning India could be platooned. I, I mean, you know, take that as far as you want. I'm not saying the athletic is totally, you know, uh, you know, not to be believed, but they, you know, they have they have writers who are in the locker room and they hear things, you know. So, you know, for you know, for what it's worth, you would think India would be fine, but if someone, if the athletic saying India could be platoon, someone must have mentioned it, or or they just fabricated that out of thin air, which is also possible, I guess. I don't know. You know, it's it's hard to say, but I agree with you. India shouldn't be platooned. So that means McLean, De La Cruz, and India are in the lineup as, like, the top three all the time. Or De La Cruz hits lower in the lineup, you know, potentially. But, um, see, this is why – also they have Will Myers, who's eventually going to come back. See, this is why I originally was saying I don't know where De La Cruz – I don't know why they would call him up because he doesn't have a place to play and he's only 21. But, you know, like we're saying, I mean, Instagram stories, <laughs> I don't know. I guess he's getting called up. I don't know, man. I'm still I'm still not convinced he's getting called up, but, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> I feel probably. like he's going I mean, third base. Like I feel like that's the spot where – he fits in. I, India's like, never played anywhere like else. We become a uh, we become an Abbott and Costello deal. Yeah. Okay. So he's so he's third base. So that means uh, Senzel goes to the outfield, and then you know I guess Senzel could get platooned with uh, Friedel or uh, Frele. Yeah. I mean maybe. Yeah. You might be right. Or and also Fairchild can go to the bench too. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. mean Fairchild yeah. can go to the bench. That's yeah, the- yeah. I mean there's. There's there's a lot of moving parts. I, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how that all shakes out. But there's there's people who can move around. I agree that wherever De La Cruz like settles, like that's where he's gonna be. I don't think they they mess with him and move him around. Maybe occasionally they might stick him at like second base. But I feel like with two second basemen already on the roster who don't really play third base. Like I, they've been, they've been using him at third base down in the minors. I feel like they were just getting him ready to, you know, to take over that position. But let's stop, you know, mind gaming ourselves through this, and let's talk about something else. Uh, Brandon Fat was sent down. He had 23 innings pitched. He was throwing an 8.37 ERA, 1.65 WHIP, sub 20% K rate. Uh, 7.5% walk rate. Zach Davies is coming back up, and Dre Jamison is coming back up, but it sounds like for now he's going to the bullpen. 
Are you interested in Davies at all? Dre Jameson, do you think he eventually gets his spot back in the rotation? I don't know. I, I think for right now, Jameson is probably better off being in the bullpen as like a long man, maybe. Like maybe they can, you know, if they, uh, if they use him properly, maybe he can have some success in the bullpen. But, I mean, he wasn't really that good in the minors when he got sent down. Like, he was, you know, kind of, like, fair, fair to middling. So, I don't I don't mind uh, Jameson, like, in an NL only for, like, you know, maybe um, stashing him. Or if you want to, like, throw him in your lineup because you need a, an extra pitcher and he's going to get some innings in middle relief. I mean, that's fine, but... I, I don't expect anything from Jameson right now. Um, and I, Davies isn't very good. No, so, yeah. he's not. I don't really – I don't. I guess he's under contract, so that's why he's, he's still pitching for them. But, I mean, he's not, he's not very good. Uh, do you think Brandon Fatt is worth hanging on to in, let's say, a deeper 15-team league? In, in NL only, obviously, you're probably hanging on. But Yeah. Um, yeah, NL only, you have – Hang on. No, I, I dropped him in one fifteen team league. It's just, I don't know. I, I mean, you it depends on your uh, team situation, but I think he's probably droppable in 15-team leagues. Yeah, I would tend to agree. I think they're going to let him figure things out in the minors before bringing him back up. They have you know plenty of arms that can go into the rotation, and they've got a couple of older guys who are, are just innings eaters for them for the moment. So we'll see how that shakes out, but I, I don't think it's like a he goes down for two starts and comes back up, barring you know the, an injury happening and them needing him. And in which case, Dre Jameson may be the the call for at least a short term. Uh, we touched on it a little bit last week, but Royce Lewis is now officially off the IL. Uh, eight games in AAA, he was hitting. He had four home runs, two stolen bases. He, he was hitting three thirty three, three seventy one, seven twenty seven. Uh, and he he homered today already. Gray uh, is it? I mean, if he's not already owned, he has to be picked up in every league, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, I think he he was my uh, lead buy on Friday uh, in my uh, waiver wire uh, waiver wire column, and yeah, I mean, at that point, he was under fifty percent rostered in uh, most leagues. So yeah, I mean, I think he's out there in a lot of leagues. So I yeah, I would definitely grab him. Um, you know, I. I think he's probably going to be good as long as he's healthy. That's been like the, the real problem with him. Like as far as his career's gone, it's just been like basically he's good as long as he's healthy. Like he's a middle infield Byron Buxton at this point. So yeah, I like Royce uh, Lewis a lot. I think he's got good power, good speed. I don't know actually the speed. I mean the speed probably is is going to be good. I mean, if I were the Twins, I probably wouldn't run him that much just to keep his knees intact. But, yeah, I mean, he was running in the minors, so I guess that's not a concern for them. But, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think he's like – even a 10-team shallow mixed league, Royce Lewis is someone I would look at. Like every every single league I could see uh, picking him up in. And so, I mean, I think De La Cruz and Royce Lewis are both must-ads across the board. If if Fab if people are looking at Fab and it hasn't run for them yet, what are you willing to spend on on guys like De La Cruz and Lewis? And would you spend like would you double up? Would you potentially spend like a quarter on each of them? Um. Yeah, that's a uh, 
I would say probably, I mean, I would think they're going to go for at least like out of a thousand, I would say they're going to go for about 300 ish. I would say probably like 320. Uh, I know I, I grabbed, uh, you know, Bobby Miller went in one of my leagues for 320. I grabbed uh, Matt McLean last week for like 370. That was, that was an NL, NL only league though. Uh, so that's a little bit deeper, but I mean, even in a 15 team league, I think Matt McLean was going for like 150 to 175, maybe 200. Um, I would say Royce Lewis is probably a hair below Ellie De La Cruz. I would say Royce Lewis probably 220 and De La Cruz 320. Um, so, and then if it's $100, it's like $25 for Lewis and 32 for uh, uh, De La Cruz. I, you know, it, it's hard to say though, because that's like just a, a guideline. Like so many leagues, you get into leagues where like someone really needs a middle, uh, middle infielder or a shortstop. They may go to four or 500 for one of these guys. And if your whole league is like, you know, uh, playing tight to the vest, Maybe one of them goes for 170, 150, but they're definitely going to go for a lot. I, I mean, I can't imagine they're not. Like, I, I would say in every league, they're going to be picked up. And the deeper the league, the more the fab, obviously. Yeah, there's just nothing else to spend your money on in some. And, you know, whether you have free pickups or, or not, whether it's daily, those kind of things all matter here. But, yeah, the good amount is going to be spent. I think, you know, like you said, it's probably – around a quarter for Royce Lewis and, and probably 30% or more on Ellie Deli Cruz. And if you need him or, or just need that kind of game changer for the offensive end, then you might have to spend up. You might have to, to drop whatever you have left. Um, you know, it depends on what you're, what you have fab wise as well. Totally. And it depends on like someone, if someone has a lot of fab left and they really need them. Like I, like I mentioned, Bobby Miller went for three twenty in one of my legs. I think that's really high for Bobby Miller, but that team might have really needed pitching, might, you know, might feel more confident in Bobby Miller than necessarily I do because I was burned so bad by Gavin Stone. But <laughs> I, I, I don't, I would go like bid maybe 10 to $15 on like the random two-star guy each week versus going that big on Bobby Miller. But for a hitter, for a middle infielder uh, with the pedigree of like an Ellie De La Cruz and a Royce Lewis, they're going to go for a lot. It doesn't even matter the league. I mean, everyone, every league, someone's going to probably bid them at least 25 to 30% of their budget. Yeah, I would agree. Moving on, Mike Soroka was brought up as the Braves are trying to figure out the back end of the rotation. They have had the, all their injuries, and then you know everybody they brought up to replace those injuries has kind of bombed out, uh, at least in their first attempt. Mike Soroka's brain brought up the velocity. The velocity was at least back up to where it was, maybe even slightly up pre-injury, and has a couple of solid starts in AAA right before you know being called up. He is a two-star guy, or at least he's lined up to be a two-star guy, whether they let him go two starts or not in the same week. I'm not sure. But at Oakland, he's pitching tonight. Uh, 
we're recording this on Monday, and then he's supposed to go Sunday at Arizona. How do you feel about picking up Mike Mike Soroka? And what you, I mean, you mentioned a cheap two star guy. Is Mike Soroka on that list, or were you you want to see this this him pitch before you would take this chance? I would I would say with like Soroka, I mean he's he's potentially like he should be in the rotation the rest of the year. I'm assuming as assuming he's healthy. I mean you know talk like Mike Soroka looks at Royce Lewis and it was like. Wow, that guy is in such great health. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Soroka's really had some setbacks, you know. Um, so to say Soroka's going to stay healthy, I mean, you're really, I mean, hello, what you're on a limb. I hope it's sturdy because who knows what Soroka? He may not make it to his second start with the way this guy's Achilles are. <laughs> this guy, this guy's got worse Achilles than Achilles. Um, but. You know, with all that said, I'm not really a fan of Soroka in general, for fantasy at least. Like, I feel like he had that, he had that, like, 2019 um, Julio Tehran, like, you know, year. Like, he had that great year in 2019 where he had that, like, you know, the what Bryce Elder's doing this year for, uh, he had that, like, the one, the one brave starter every year for the last 12 years. And Soroka had that in 2019, where he was really good. Um, but, I mean, he was also, like, a 7.3 K per nine, uh, 2.1 walk rate guy. E- ERA, he's probably a four ERA guy if, um, you know, with neutral luck. I mean, it's fine. He's not, he's not terrible. Um, you said he added velocity. So that's kind of interesting. I don't know. I mean, I hope he succeeds. I've never really been a huge Soroka fan, though. Uh, I think, you know, now, Almond Roca? Oh, I love that shit. (laughs) I'm a fan of Almond Roca. But Mike Soroka? I mean, he feels like a a seven and a half uh, K per nine uh, four three three point eight to 4.1 ERA. Like, this is with neutral luck, obviously. But, like, it's okay. I mean, it's fine for, like, deeper leagues where you need someone. Um, I would have actually – I probably would have bid more than my usual two-start uh, pitcher, uh, you know, budget on him in my uh, – in a 15-team league. I probably would have went to, like – $35 out of a thousand. So, you know, maybe three, three to $5 at, for out of a hundred, like in that range, maybe. Um, I, I didn't get him though. I don't have him. I, I don't even, I didn't even, I don't even know if he was a bit on this week because he hasn't thrown yet. So sometimes the guys don't come into the system until they've appeared. So this could be for next week. Um, I, yeah. I mean, depending on how he looks, maybe I bit on him because you know, everyone needs innings, so I'm not against I'm not against uh, grabbing Soroka in deeper leagues, but in shallower leagues, like a 12 team mixed league, like an RCL, he's a streamer to me. I mean, I, I'm not that interested. Yeah, I would tend to agree. You know, the, the it was a ERA whip in 2019, so like it looked better potentially against what was happening in 2019 because of that. You're right. The K rate's never been all that special. Never really expected that to tick up immensely. Um, I would say back in like 2020, I expected him to maybe increase it slightly. 
uh, get up to like an 8K per 9, a 23% K rate, somewhere in that range. But I, I think you're right. Like 20% would be would be great to see from him coming off all the injuries. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a pick up and see. I don't hate the starts th- this week. So, I, I mean, where I'm at in some of my leagues, I really wouldn't mind taking to start and just taking the shot on it. But if you're, you know, sitting well and pitching, I'd probably grab him and just go ahead and wait and see how it goes. Yeah, I don't think I don't think ne- I don't think neither of us have talked enough about like the fact that you everyone should be starting everyone against the A's. Yes, <laughs> like across the board, <laughs> like the A's are terrible. Like you can start any pitcher against the A's, and you're probably going to do okay. Yeah, I mean it's a pretty solid uh, game plan right now, as far as. Just streaming. If if there's a pitcher going against the A's, go ahead and just grab them up. It, it, it'll be okay. You know, you'll be all right. They've scored sub 200 runs on the season. Them, Cleveland, and Detroit. So you see those three teams in general. I'm not too scared of the matchup. Go ahead and run them out there. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez is one gray that. Uh, you know, I know you had a lot of shares. I didn't have quite as many, but I definitely had one or two. Uh, he uh, he had a 7.35 ERA, a 1.72 WHIP, over 45 <laughs> innings. Uh, he was getting strikeouts at least, uh, 26 and a half percent K rate. What went wrong here, Gray? I mean, how long is how long is he going? Is are you cutting him? Like, is he hurt you enough? Or are you willing to hold what, him? What went what went wrong? How long do you want this podcast to be? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god hold on while you talk about grayson rodriguez i am tying a noose to the ceiling fan hold (laughs) hold on one second (laughs) i mean i wonder honestly now that i think about it and this is uh, like i just said i'm just putting this together in my head right now (laughs) so i don't know if this is accurate or not but grayson rodriguez and gavin stone both rely heavily on a change I wonder if there's something to like young pitchers relying on a changeup and just overthrowing it because of you know excitement and like adrenaline of being in the major leagues. I, I don't honestly, I don't know if that's accurate or not. I'm literally just I'm pulling that out of my ass as we uh, as we just uh, speak here. So I don't know, but maybe there's something to that. Like uh, maybe there's something to like. Um, you know, top prospects not doing well if they rely heavily on a changeup. I don't know, maybe. But Grayson Rodriguez is awful. I mean, my my God, he was terrible. Oh my God, man, that was such a nightmare. Everything about what Grayson Rodriguez did was awful. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> it was like it was the worst time of my life. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I. I would say, and also, by the way, he's in a great home park. I mean, it's like Camden, Camden Miles, man. It's like Camden Yards. It's Miles because the fences are so far back. I mean, uh, I mean, everything was just awful there. So, yeah, I mean, the good news is he can no longer hurt us. He's he's gone. So yeah, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean he can't hurt you for anymore for right now. I mean it was really like the fastball was getting absolutely destroyed despite being ninety seven miles an hour. 
maybe it's an adjustment just to throw it less. Maybe he needs to just locate it better. Uh, whatever it is, like he, he has to go figure that out. There could be something to the changeup, although I don't think it was like I don't think the changeup was a necessarily an awful pitch. It wasn't it wasn't the pitch that it has been for him in the minors. So there 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 could be an adjustment. It's hard, there. To, it's hard to like splice out problems when a guy is just bad across the board because it's like if his fastball's not working, then his change ain't gonna work. Yeah. And if his change ain't working, his fastball's not gonna work. So it's like, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to say other than he was just bad. <laughs> he was bad. I mean he gave us hope. He you gave know? us hope and then he just ripped it ripped it away. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The- I mean honestly I was just going through for um for the round up uh that's that'll be out already by the time people listen to this like i was going through the uh the starters uh at like 200 overall and like the starters at 200 overall in adp that is uh 200 overall in adp john gray sandoval sunny gray andrew heaney jose barrios hunter brown alex cobb nathan Ivaldi, merrill uh, merrill kelly and marcus stroman I didn't just pick and choose names. That's like from 200 overall to like 260 overall. Like that's the starters in that range. And they're all like, if you have, if you would have picked five guys there, you would have like burgers <laughs> again. But if you picked five guys there, you would have an ERA of like 3.20. Like you would have, you would be doing so well if you just took five starters there. And, you know, Grayson Rodriguez, I think, I don't know, man. I, I'm really starting to, like, I feel like I, and I'll, I might forget this lesson by next year, but I think I'm really going to have to, like, cool it on the rookie pitchers because <laughs> they're killing me, man. Like, they are killing me. Like, everything I say about, like, weight on pitching is correct, Except the rookie pitchers are like really like dangerous, and for the people who are like, oh, Tanner Beebe's been good and Logan Allen's been good, like yeah, but so many so many of them have been bad that <laughs> like, you can't you can't just say Tanner Beebe's been good, like so that's a, a good like that's a point in rookie pitchers' favor, like that's that's just one guy versus like. Brandon Fat, Grayson Rodriguez, Gavin Stone. I mean, it's just like one guy, um, Dre Jamison. I, I don't know if people remember, but everyone, Jay, Dre Jamison in the first week of the season. Like, you know, all these guys, it's just like nonstop. Taj Bradley's been good, but to a certain extent, he's been replaceable by like a Marcus Stroman or Sonny Gray or Andrew Heaney. Or, you know, I mean, Taj Bradley's been good, but... Do you trust that? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, anyway, that was a, a sidetrack. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was Gray venting about uh, Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, you know, oh. I know you had a, a fair amount of shares. Oh, I have. So, so I had him. I had him literally everywhere. I'll. I mean, I'll own. I'll own that L. Like I had Grayson Rodriguez in so many leagues, but like you know that that doesn't mean. You know, not going for like, you know, it wouldn't have helped me if I would have drafted Jacob DeGrom, Aaron Nola, Brandon Woodruff, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, Sandy Alcantara. <laughs> like, there's a ton of pitchers that weren't good 
in the top 10 starters, too. So it's like Grayson Rodriguez might have been ultra bad, but it's not like Verlander's helping people. Yeah, no, that's completely fair. And, like, Grayson was, like, he was uh, – it was, it was really painful owning him because, like, you got the two starts against Detroit that were good. He blew up against the Royals, of all people, after the Detroit games. You're like, ah, oh, crap. Sit him. He has a good game against Tampa. Angels, you probably sat him there. So, thank goodness you didn't take that, that hit, hopefully. Uh, at Toronto, you probably sat him for a, a five-inning, two-earn, 6K. And then Texas absolutely destroyed him. So, it was – Full roller coaster, like it was either like five innings to earn with with good K numbers, or it was just absolutely shelled. And he's gonna be, and he, and at some point he is gonna be amazing. I mean, he's still gonna be really good. So, I mean, we're gonna at some point we're gonna look back at this and be like, hey, there's the Grayson Rodriguez that everyone expected, and it may not be this year, it may be next year, but at some point he will be great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're not, don't hold on to him to find out. It's not worth it, man. <laughs> yeah. You, you can pick him back up when he comes back, when he comes back, of course, you know, then you'll miss out on him fab and then he'll be awesome. That's how that's that, that will just ultimately work. <laughs> uh, Owen Miller for the Brewers has pretty much taken over third base for them. Gray. Uh, he started all but two games in May and one of those games he got in to pinch hit, uh, 124 plate appearances. He has four home runs, six stolen bases, 18-13. He's hitting 330, 371, 513. So Owen made it pretty easily on the Brewers just to, to slot him in there since since he got the call up. Are you buying this? Is this just a, you know, enjoy the hot streak moment? You know, are we, are we sex panthering here? <laughs> you know, I'm kind of wondering... Like, because Luis Urias, I believe, is due back soon. So I'm kind of wondering how this is going to play out because Owen Miller has been great. Like, you know, uh, for, to answer your first question, I tend to, like, I believe, like, what Owen Miller is doing when it comes to, like, you know, like, his power and his speed are not, like, great. I mean, they're not insanely good. Like, he's probably a... 15 to 17 homer, uh, 12 to 15 steal. I mean, he doesn't really have the insane st- speed uh, that, you know, he's got six steals in a month-ish that is kind of surprising because he's not really that big of a steals guy or a speed guy at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but he makes incredible contact. Like, I do believe, like, the K rate right now is under – it's like around 15%. I believe that. I, I think he is like a good contact guy, which means he could hit for a good average. And I think he makes more sense in the Brewers because the Brewers really struggle to make contact. They have for they have for a bunch of years now. So I think Owen Miller kind of makes sense in that lineup. So that means like Brian Anderson or Luis Urias, like something like someone's going to have to get platooned or or go to the bench. I don't know. I don't I don't know how this plays out to be honest. I don't know. Like I think like Bryce uh, Terang has been serviceable. I, I think he's going to be I think he's got his job more or less like maybe as a platoon guy, but still I don't think he's necessarily getting, you know, sent down. I don't know, maybe. I mean, he's hitting like under 220, so you know, potentially I guess that could happen, but at some point 
Urias is going to return, and I think Urias plays, and I think Owen Miller plays. So what happens? Uh, so Brian Anderson doesn't play or goes to DH, and like I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Honestly, I have no idea how it plays out. But Owen Miller, I believe what he's doing is for real when it comes to like his contact rate, which is important, I think, to the Brewers. So if he's hitting, you know, 285 or better, even if it's with like, you know, 15 homers and 12 steals, that's fine. I mean, that has value. I I think Owen Miller is a guy who I would grab in most leagues. And in a 10 team mixed league, you know, there's so many guys available. So that, that becomes a little bit too shallow, I think for Owen Miller, but 12 team, like a RCL, I could see Owen Miller getting grabbed. I could see him being on teams. Yeah, I mean, third base still isn't hasn't been special this year, so you could definitely be still kind of filling in that third base position or, you know, even maybe streaming and jumping from guy to guy. You know, maybe you started with like a, a J.D. Davis or a Paredes and then jumping around from Wisdom to, to Walls or whatever you've been doing. Um, and, and Owen Miller can be one of those guys that you plug in there and enjoy it. I, I think you're right. The power speed isn't necessarily... I don't necessarily t- expect him to steal six stolen bases month after month, uh, four home runs. Even that feels maybe on the high end of what he's going to do, but it is a great ballpark, so maybe he can kind of keep that up with the park and it, it just hitting. If he continues to hit at the top of the order and get that many plate appearances, you know that always helps create the opportunities to do that as well. So I think it's he kind of fits in that that back end streaming corner infield area for for 12 teamers and and maybe a de- an option for for a deeper 10 teamer probably owned in everything else i would guess yeah uh alex faedo has been good as well uh, last last outing versus sh- the white Sox, he had six innings 10 k's no walks two earned he has 21 and two-thirds innings he's he has a 415 era 074 whip 26.8 k rate 1.2 walk rate it's a fastball slider changeup guy here, Gray. Do you like you some uh, Faedo? I do. Actually, he was a guy who I I did bid on in Fab, and I think I I think I grabbed him in a in a few leagues. You know, like I've said many times before, when a guy has great command, like Faedo has one walk in just under twenty two innings, and his command he's got sixty grade uh, command. I think he's probably like at worst. I want to say he's not going to kill you. As I say that, I mean, I feel like he's going to kill you. <laughs> but at worst, he feels like he won't hurt you too bad because of the command. Like, you know, if he gives up like a bunch of solo homers, then it's like, you know, he's going to give up a lot of solo homers to really kill you. Like, you know, four solo homers in a game, <laughs> it's still only four earned runs if no one's on base. So, I like him. I, I think he's probably a little bit too much for like a 12 team, like an RCL, like a 12 team mixed league still feels a little too shallow for Alex Fiedo, but like deeper than that, I'm, I'm in and, and streaming, you could stream them in like a 12 team mixed league that I'm fine with, but like a 15 team mixed league where is where I drafted him. I, excuse me, is where I picked him up for fab. And I grabbed them for sixteen dollars out of a thousand, so you know a little bit less than two dollars in a hundred dollar fab league. So I mean, and that's a fifteen team mixed league. So 
no one was re- and the second bid was eleven dollars. So you know, one other person or at least one other person bid uh, eleven dollars. So yeah, I mean, you know, some people were looking at them. So obviously, it wasn't just me, but yeah, I'm kind of interested. I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's still kind of like like we may get here next week, and I may be like, oh, I dropped him. Yeah, <laughs> he was terrible. <laughs> But, I mean, for right now, you know, I'm trying to lick my Grace and Rodriguez wounds. So I'm trying to figure out what's going to, like, carry me on as I drop Grace and Rodriguez. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm looking for guys. And Faedo was a guy I was like, yeah, I mean, good command. Hopefully he does it right. And Detroit is a good park for pitching uh, usually. So, yeah, I, I grabbed him. Yeah, are you starting him this week going against Texas at home? Uh, yeah. The bouncy yeah. balls of the Rangers? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I am. I am starting him this week. <laughs> Even though the, the Rangers are going to put up a 12 spot against them. But, yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rangers I'm surprisingly yeah. second in runs, I mean, in the, in the league. So, it, it's an offense that's been putting up, putting up runs this yeah. year. Although, not home yeah. runs. Like, they don't have a lot of home runs. They just... They've been scoring. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I, I'm, I'm nervous about it, but I, I am starting him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just don't start anybody against the Rays. That's, that's pretty much the life <laughs> lesson that, that we've learned. Except for Marcus Stroman, apparently. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? You know, Stroman. Who, who can explain what happens in Chicago? Yeah. Um, Nolan Jones was called up. Michael Toglia was sent down. C.J. Crone is on the IL. I. Uh, 39 games of AAA. Nolan Jones has 12 home runs, five stolen bases, sitting 356, 481, 711. I mean, it's looked good this year. It's not a guy that had a whole lot of like prospect pedigree. He's a, he's a top 10 prospect for the Rockies, but you know, the Rockies hate their prospects, so that's really here nor there, but he's put together a really strong first 40 games here. And Triple A, are you interested in Nolan Jones with the vacancies in Colorado right now? You know, speaking of the uh, of the Rockies, I I couldn't believe how bad like Chris Bryant this year is actually playing, and he's still awful. Oh my <laughs> god, he's so bad. Oh god, uh, I was like, I didn't realize how bad Chris Bryant was doing. Like he looks terrible. Uh, anyway, uh, Nolan Jones, you know, I, I mean, I'm kind of like on the fence here because I feel like the uh, like Bud Black doesn't pl- want to play rookies and you know he was called up like Brenton Doyle was like banged up uh, and he's now Brenton Doyle is in the lineup today so maybe Nolan Jones is up and will play but uh, I don't know man I, I've I've been down this road before Rockies guys I mean Nolan Jones absolutely should play don't get me wrong. Like he's twenty five years old. <laughs> there's there's literally no reason why Brenton, uh, Nolan Jones, and Brenton Doyle are both twenty five. Uh, oh no, yeah, they're both twenty five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they they should obviously be playing, but I mean they have like you know the Rockies have Jerickson Profar hitting leadoff. Like <laughs> he's on he's on a one year deal. Why would he be hitting? Like, are they just trying to build up his value so another team <laughs> signs him? <laughs> like, and the Rockies absolutely will not trade him. They they could be in last place, and people could be asking for a Jerickson Profar in July, and the Rockies will be like, no, we need him. <laughs> the Rockies are awful, man. The 
man. They're the worst team. Um, anyway, with that said, I like Nolan Jones, but I don't. I don't think he's going to play. To be honest with you, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. You know, it's important to get Mike Mustakis as many at bats as possible. <laughs> well, so. CJ Crone probably is back soon too. Like, I mean, CJ Crone returns. Where's Nolan Jones? I mean, if I like this, like don't put this on me. I'm not saying this is how I would play it, but <laughs> the Rockies are absolutely not going to play Nolan Jones once CJ Crone comes back, and I think he's due back any day. Like it's just not going to happen. Anyway, I mean, you know, you can play Nolan Jones for a little bit to see what happens. Yeah, I think something happened with CJ Crone where he like got hit in the in. Uh, while he was practicing or something, like in the batting cage, like he got like got beamed in the batting he cage. Uh, he didn't he didn't pray hard enough <laughs> for the Rockies. Um. So, but yes, I, I I'm pretty much with you on Nolan Jones. It's kind of a temporary streamer. Uh, I do have some like I think Chris Bryant, if he stays healthy, will turn it around a little bit. He's hitting 270 with with five home runs, but he has like a sub 280 BABIP at home, which is almost impossible. In Colorado, so I do feel like there's still a little bit of hope with Chris Bryant, but it is sad to see him, you know, as a Cubs fan. Like, I, he was once a 39 home run, 292 MVP. Like, that's that's far cry from where he's at now. Oh, I, oh no, absolutely. How is – um? This is like, it's like, are you guys recording a podcast or are you just having a chat? Uh, how is his uh, ground balls? Do you have him in front of you? Because because if he's slowed because of the plantar fasciitis and then if his ground balls are up, I don't have him in front of uh, me. Thirty-four and a half percent is, which is pretty much in line with what not, he's always bad. done. Uh, he's a thirty-five yeah. percenter for his career. So yeah, no, that's not yeah, it's not bad. His line drives look okay. Line drives are twenty seven percent again. Actually, that's, that's like high. For, that's high for yeah, his career. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's a buy low. Actually, yeah. I don't know. I mean, he should be better. I, I was surprised at how poorly he was doing. So yeah, I mean, you know, maybe we just stumbled on a, a buy low with Chris Bryant. Yeah, until he spikes himself next week and goes on the aisle. <laughs> until he accidentally steps on his own foot. <laughs> oh man. That's smart. I need a 60-day IL. <laughs> All right, Gray, let's move on to some bullpen talk here. Pete Fairbanks is going to the IL with hip inflammation. Uh, it doesn't sound like they know really exactly how long this is going to take right now. It doesn't sound like it's hopefully overly serious. But for right now, Jason Adam, you think he slides in as, as the guy? Or is this beware it's the Rays still? Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's like Jason Adam for like ninety percent of the time, and then like twelve relievers for ten percent of the time. It's probably it's probably how Kevin Cash will work it out. It'll be like Jason Adam most times, but you'll never know who's backing him up. <laughs> It'll be like like you know how some teams it's like oh if Class A isn't if Class A is can't go. For a reason, then you know, like Karen Check comes in. Well, I think this is like Jason Adam and everyone else. <laughs> it's like it could it could be like Colin Pache some days. Like it could be all kinds of guys. So I, I do think Jason Adam though will have ninety percent of the save opportunities. Random Yanni Chirino save just just for yeah, just to mess with everybody. Yeah, it'll be just like it'll be like <laughs> random guy. Yeah, I think so. All right, I, I, I'm with you. I, I, Jason Adam is the ad, but he's been. I think he's been added in every every league already. 
Uh, if not, go, go ahead and grab him up. Uh, Ryan Helsley had a blown save. He's been a little bit shaky, but like, if, again, for the most part, he's been solid. Do you think there's any potential here that he maybe loses his job to Gallegos, who was the closer to start last year and has looked good this year? Or are you still rolling with Helsley and think that he has it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably Helsley, but, you know, to give you an idea, I, in one league, I actually, this is a weekly league now, so, you know, take this with a grain of salt. In a weekly league, I actually, be- I benched Helsley this week because I think the Cardinals have, like, five games, and, you know, Helsley's been iffy. So, you know, I, I don't think Helsley, if we were to redraft right now, I don't <laughs> think Helsley would go anywhere near where he was being drafted. Um, and I only got him because it was a, uh, it was an auction and no one else bid and, you know, everyone else was smarter than me. <laughs> I wish I didn't bid. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think it's Helsley more or less, probably 80, 20, uh, for saves, but Helsley is the first guy, I believe. Yeah. I still think it's him. He, he's sitting at a three, five, two ERA right now. That's a little bit – I feel like that's a little bit high for, like, how good he's been. It's been a couple of outings here or there where he's he's allowed a couple of runs. But as as closers go, you know, they can lose their job because of one bad outing. Keep an eye on it. I do think Gallegos is an ad if, it's, if you're in a league that is chasing saves frantically. So pretty much if you're in a deeper 12-team league or deeper, I, I think that you're you're potentially adding Gallegos. Because, again, his numbers have been solid. So even if he's not getting consistent saves, you're getting good numbers, strikeouts from him every time he's out there. Yeah. David Robertson has allowed runs in three of his last five appearances. However, nobody else for the Mets has really stepped up in the role. Do you think that there's a potential change here uh, as we're looking at the Mets' closer situation? No, I don't think so. I I think... uh... It's Robertson, except for like when it's Altavino <laughs> occasionally. I mean, it's it's Robertson's job. I think at least for now, you know, like you said with Helsley, I mean, you know, maybe a bad outing or two this week, and it may not be Robertson anymore. But as of right this second, I I still think it's Robertson. Yeah, if you're picking up somebody to back him up, it sounds like you're going Altavino over Rayleigh. Yeah, yeah, I'd go Altavino. Yeah, I think so. It seems like that's the role that they would move him into if they were looking at it, although Rayleigh has slightly better numbers um, for the season. I still feel like they they would put Adovino in that role next and let him see if he could put it together. Let's move on to some pickups, Gray, and we'll get out of here. Okay. Uh, I think the, uh, you know, the, uh, whatchamacallit, Willie Castro has been really good, uh, but I don't know if he has a place to play. So I can see like Willie Castro in maybe a 15 team mixed league or deeper. He's been like solid for probably a good month now, but with Max Kepler coming back, his playing time gets a little bit iffy. Um, Brian De La Cruz, another, hey, if you get Ellie, you need Brian, right? You gotta have the pair. <laughs> so Brian De La Cruz has been hot for you know going back a couple weeks now. He's been good recently. Uh, I would grab him. I, I think he's probably 
at, at worst, he's like a good average hitter. Not really a ton of power and speed. But, you know, if he's hot, he's hot. That doesn't really matter either way. Um, J.P. Crawford has been hot recently. Uh, I think uh, Nolan Jones, as we mentioned earlier, is a guy I would add for like right now just to see what's going on with the Rockies. But as I mentioned when we went over Nolan Jones, you never know. I think it's probably going to be C.J. Crone if he comes back. Um, and then Gio or Urshela has been hot as well. So, yeah, there's a few names. Yeah, and at pitching, if you're looking for guys to throw out there, um, Michael Lorenzen is at the White Sox. Jared Schuster's at Oakland. As we mentioned, if anybody's at Oakland, you just throw them. Dane Dunning was on paternity leave, but he's coming back, and he's going at Detroit. Again, another team that you can just throw against. Uh, a couple of Baltimore pitchers and Dean Kramer and Kyle Bradish. I think you can go go with them at San Francisco. And Kyle Gibson's been good if he hasn't been picked up in your league versus Cleveland this week. Another team that you can feel very confident streaming against. The uh, Guardians have been just absolutely dreadful uh, across the board. <laughs> I mean, every single offensive player for them has just been horrible. <laughs> they have the abs- they have the opposite of the Rangers balls. Like they've been stuck with the 2022 ball, uh, and that, they, like they're using the rest of the stock. They they just said they would eat it for for the rest of the league this year. <laughs> <laughs> There, so there you go, folks. <laughs> there you go. There's some. There's some just inside information uh, <laughs> into into nothingness. Uh, so <laughs> thanks for listening. If you got this far, uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Razbedon. Gray is, of course, the owner of the at Razball account. Listen, subscribe, follow everywhere that you you listen to podcasts. We're on Razball.com or YouTube.com/slash Razball Fantasy. If you want to watch Gray and I, you know discuss these things back and forth and see our ridiculous faces as we make these comments up out of thin air. And uh, other than that, Gray, I'll, I'll talk to you next week. All right, ladies.